And then Bart opened the door, and Principal Skinner and Mrs. Krabappo were kissing <gasps> and swearing. Father, Uncle Apu, a teacher was in the closet with the principal, and he had as many arms as Vishnu, and they were all very busy. <gasps> wow. I was in the library at the time, but Janie told me that Principal Skinner and Bart's teacher, Mrs. What's her name? Krabappo? Yeah, Krabappo. They were naked in the closet together. Mrs. Krabappo and Principal Skinner were in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. Baby looked at you? Sarah, get me Superintendent Chalmers. Thank you, Sarah. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host Mike, and we complete our trilogy here uh, with our wrap-up that we have lovingly titled Sex, Lies, and High School. All three of our films no doubt feature sex and lies, and they all occur during those formative years, the high school years for our characters. Um, and they all tackle sex and lying in different ways. Wild Things features sex and lies in kind of a almost comical, sleazy way that never feels realistic. And I think that's key uh, because you get the same kind of thrill when you're gossiping. <laughs> because you want to enjoy it as an old man, is what you're saying. <laughs> right. You know... When I was uh, when I was in high school, I would hear about people's uh, dramas and this and that. Oh, she she cheated on this person, or he did that. To her. And I would be like, man, it would be cool to be part of that drama. And then when you are part of that drama, it sucks. So Wild Things is like being on the edge of the drama, and you can listen in and get your kicks mm. that way, but you're never affected by the horrible things that are happening. So uh, that's kind of what I equate Wild Things to. Easy A is a much more grounded and almost like an idealized portrayal of sex and lying in high school. Uh, like there's sex and lying, which can be extreme, but I'm never concerned for our protagonist. It's like, I, I, I don't, the stakes don't feel that high, but that's not a negative to the film. You're saying uh, it is the most positive uh, version of she asked for it and that our character <laughs> literally asked for <laughs> The position of lying about sex. A very great twist on the concept of sex and lying, which you automatically think, like, oh my god, it's going to be something negative, but not quite. And then Assassination Nation uses sex and lies to bludgeon our senses, and, and it dares us to cut ourselves instead of watching this movie. <laughs> I have no idea how we're going to... Damn, Webb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a two-part question for you, Mike. Uh, first part... 
How, okay. how do you prefer sex and deceit in your films? Uh, do you like the extreme mm. and like De Palma-esque stuff uh, or, or like maybe jovial John Hughes type or maybe somewhere in between? And and then and then the second part is going to be how we deal with films like Assassination Nation mm. that use sex, lies, and then extreme violence to kind of sell itself. But there's nothing really going on underneath. So first part, how do you like your sex and lies in your films? <laughs> I love the structure of this question because it um, is predicting that in the first part I will pick either Wild Things or Easy A and you just put Assassination <laughs> Nation in the second part knowing it would not be chosen. Uh, how would I prefer it? As, um, I think you, you put it uh, best. Uh, as a film, I probably prefer Wild Things. If you're asking me which one would I've wanted to participate in in high school? It's hard to go wrong with the charm of Emma Stone and the light touch. Although um, you were, I don't know if offended is the word, but you were you were a bit on the defensive that uh, the only time that the film doesn't really have a light touch is with the marital uh, troubles of, of Lisa Kudrow in Easy A. But as far as our main character and the, I guess, the high school citizens, sex is this thing that they're thinking about a lot but not having which i i actually think applies to most people's high school experience so um as far as living it i felt like uh although you and i did not have the california large campus high school that most of these like this time period of uh high school comedies take place in a vza we probably had a similar uh group think about sex um, and that everyone's talking about it, but no one's in- experiencing it. The difference, of course, with that in Wild Things is they, and I think we touched on it in our episode, they don't really try to hide the fact that all of these actors, be it the teacher, the cop, or the students themselves, none of them look age-appropriate to <laughs> be teenagers. They all look like late 20s play acting, and it makes us more comfortable when they get naked and pour champagne on each other. That I think it's fine. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. You're right, you're absolutely right. There is a level of disturbing when you think about the age of these characters, and because the actors clearly don't look like those specific ages. Like, imagine, you know, the, the kids from the movie 8th Grade in those roles, and it's gross. Oh, thanks, Webb. Thank you for that horrifying imagery. <laughs> just, I love that and adore that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So do I. That's a movie that I can't wait to, like, watch with my kid. Like, I'm going to be – I'm so excited to sure. share those mm-hmm. specific films with her. I was so upset when I found out about the fact that uh, it was going to be uh, – that it was rated R and it wouldn't play in certain areas. And so, I, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned to you – before um that summer at least in my city in lexington kentucky here uh that um some of the theaters did uh free showings for uh back to school for the kids uh for and they they participated i thought that was really neat like they you know here in here in kentucky the eighth grade was getting that that meager push not so much wild things i'm i'm grateful that (laughs) that one is hey kids a a charity Yeah, back to school night. Mm -hmm. As I get older, I am enjoying those De Palma-esque sex thrillers more and more. So when I want sex and lies and all that uh, pulpy stuff, I do want it in a thriller uh, background, in in a setting where I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to find myself 
in this situation. Mm. Uh, are they exaggerated? Just I, I, I want balls to the wall. And Wild Things really did uh, hit you know all those marks. So I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with that. Every once in a while, I'll come across uh, something like um, a, a femme fatale. Where have you seen that? Yeah. Oh God, that yeah. that ending. Like I. <laughs> Ooh, like angered me so much. You just became a character from The Simpsons, like one of the side <laughs> character. <laughs> just so irritated with the shenanigans of Homer. Uh, well, okay, so this isn't maybe particular to our our high school theme, but it it may be a a generational thing for sure. I see a lot of voices on film Twitter that are. 10 to 20 years younger than us, probably closer to 20 than, than 10, uh, who don't seem to be fond of sex on screen at all. I've, I've seen, like, there's a lot of, you know, with all of the controversies in Hollywood, and they now have, like, intimacy coordinators, which is, you know, it's a good thing. Um, it certainly makes me, as a viewer, feel better that no one was being taken advantage of, so I can... I can be a pervert in the comfort of my home, knowing that the well-paid celebrities were comfortable uh, <laughs> right. doing things that will allow me to be a pervert. I don't know how many people can home, watch home. Last Tango in Paris and really appreciate the art that's right. happening. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that would be one to, to go to as far as, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I should enjoy that, which... I never was one to enjoy Marlon Brando at that stage in his life. I was like, I'd like to see that guy bone. <laughs> nope. Um, but it does seem like when that topic has come up, that it's the youngest generation of sort of cinephiles, I guess, that are getting into film that just want to dismiss sex entirely. Like, well, you shouldn't ask anyone to do simulated sex for our amusement on screen, which... It seems like that's that would be a huge gap. That that would date these movies to where it's like here's the the decade where sex didn't exist, where it was not uh, considering how important it is in almost everyone's life as far as how much they, as we said, it consumes their brain if not their actual physical activity. That would be strange to me. So, do you think something like Easy A, at least for you know these younger generations? Does it age far better than something like Wild Things? Uh, because it does treat sex as something to be discussed, but not seen. Yes. like, you know, kids were told when they're younger, <laughs> we can talk about you, but we don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> or kids in a sitcom, you know, when they write them off. Well, how about this? I'll kind of take that uh, in-between answer. I think both films age about the same, but I think there's more context required for something like wild things god because it's so ludicrous because there's so many nonsensical twists and turns in that movie it's hard to take it seriously so maybe that's how to do it maybe that's how to get away with it being so lurid um easy a i think it'll be great for every generation i think you're right it, it creates much more of a discussion than something like wild things i think everyone watching wild things well boy i hope everyone watching that movie will be like None of these are really good people. They're all doing wrong things. Let's uh, be voyeurs and let's enjoy all the, you know, misbehavior. Well, we all have our pants off as we're watching it. That's what you guys 
That is not what I said. But I'm sure that it's not too far away from from many people's experience. I don't want to hear it from the guy that's like, I don't have enough to palm in my life. Femme fatale. Right. <laughs> Just put it in my veins. But you bring up a really great point. Uh, maybe the younger generations are not going to want as much sex. I, I think that... It always, and, and I, I, I feel like a broken record when I say this, but it's all about context. You don't need to have the sex on screen to know that the act occurred for it to be meaningful. Sideways is a great example of a movie where uh, sex occurs when Miles and Maya have sex for the first time. It's super meaningful. All, they, you see them going inside the apartment um, or the home, and then it kind of pans away into the uh, night, uh, you have a fade into the morning, and then you see Maya kind of coming out with her cup of coffee or whatever. And it's like, oh, the Truman Show happened. version. Right, right. And then, but in Sideways, you have nudity later on where you have another sex scene that's played for comedic purposes. But not the titillating kind of nudity. <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> it's highly specific if it is. Yes, exactly. Uh, you like a little danger <laughs> with your nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Threat and, of violence. And that's when. A, a sex and nudity is used kind of the I, I don't want to say the right way but in a way that's almost non-threatening and because it's there and everyone understands that this is for comedic purposes it's kind of okay and we're all okay with it and it's almost like um the gross out humor almost and and the, the amazing scene with the naked man coming up to uh, uh <laughs> miles's car yeah, let's let's. I don't know if I'd agree with you on non-threatening. I understand the the that I'm laughing, but if I'm, <laughs> if I'm Paul Giamatti in that instance, I do fear for my life, and <laughs> this is not the way I want to die. Um. All right, so I think I think our biggest problem with Assassination Nation is probably how they they use the sex element, which is. I guess just a means to kick off uh, threats of violence or, or violence themselves um, that these young women are commodities to both in to entice us. But then uh, we were reviled by, 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 I guess like us, like sort of, I don't want to say submitting to their charms, but if it has a point, it's that these townspeople will both sort of adore, like looking at young women and then be repulsed by them as well. It's, I know they're trying to do their version of like the, the sort of Salem witch trials in a modern age. Uh, you and I certainly in that episode were not charmed. And that's like, it's kind of good for us, I think, to do that. You know, every once in a while have something that just doesn't work for us. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I always kind of feel bad afterwards when we, I just feel like, let's talk about something that we can just crap on repeatedly. Let's just take <laughs> something that people, a lot of people worked really hard for and probably believed in. And let's just take a dump on it. But I'm not saying that we probably won't do a little bit of that in the wrap-up. We'll eventually get back to easy A and wild things. But I guess now is the time for all of us to take our medicine. Here's also a big issue with Assassination Nation is because it of when it came out. And it's so clearly taking advantage. I don't know how close to exploitation this is, but it's clearly taking real-life stories that have been sensationalized in the media and putting it right up on screen. So there's no escapist fun value, I think, to the film. And it just kind of takes it even further, and it adds the extreme violence element to it, where you're like, 
we live in a world where, well, it's not going to be, it's not going to turn into the purge, but that level of violence surely could happen, you know, before uh, authorities uh, sometimes slowly make their way to uh, neutralizing those threats. So there's there's an entertainment value in Assassination Nation that is missing. And wild things, hey, that stuff happens too. Maybe not as gratuitously and, and as um, not as many people get away with it, but that kind of stuff happens in real life. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say not as many people get the opportunities that Matt Dillon <laughs> had thrown his way. <laughs> as a former teacher. I'm including Kevin Bacon in this, walking out of the shower. I'm, I'm playing totally fair. He had, a, he had a lot of opportunities thrown his direction. And you're right. I do feel bad because I, I have those sobering moments where like, wow, somebody worked really hard on this film and it came out like this. And I had such a negative reaction to it, which is it's a shame. Um, I, I often think back to a classic, I considered a classic Smodcast episode in which Kevin Smith is talking about uh, the uh, the miracles that have to happen for a television show to make it to the air. And you see so many crappy TV shows, like, as crappy as that is, it took acts of God for this thing to come out uh, uh, on television. And how many people had their hands in the, in the different pies and everything. And so I, I understand. It is difficult uh, for these things to get made. And, yeah, I do feel bad. But I, I don't know. Enough people, enough people with different tastes. Put this thing together so uh, you're not going to have uh, positive reactions um and, and as much as i hey, good for them everybody got paid how about that i don't know <laughs> they're probably not much but <laughs> sure. they're making their living and you know i i also uh, i think it was this uh, recent matt damon uh interview where he talks about how um, home video is no longer a thing because of streaming. One of the things about Assassination Nation, uh, as you mentioned on the episode, was, oh, it'll be a cult hit. And uh, when people find it in ho at home video, uh, it'll make its money back or it'll find its place in cinematic history. I, I don't know. I don't know if it will because of uh, streaming and because of uh, the, the barrage of content. Uh, that is out there. And, and some people who just, they have Netflix and that's it. They only watch Netflix and they recommend things on Netflix to me. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. I also don't know if Netflix really skews that young as far as finding new content, because usually, you know, whenever they do have their, uh, their top 10 uh, release, like here's, here's what's number one this week. It's like a Liam Neeson movie from like 2006. It's like, so is it just like the same people that watch TNT have now just moved <laughs> to Netflix? I don't, I don't know if the, you know, the young and hip is what assassination nation is going for. And it's something that easy a, uh, did much better in a far more mainstream release. Um, I don't, I personally don't have faith <laughs> I don't have faith that Assassination Nation was actually consumed by young people and not just old dudes on Twitter just looking for, for content to talk about. Um, and I think as we talked about during the Easy A episode, uh, it seems like high school movies or teen comedies almost have that Christmas effect that there has to be a sort of a replayability ah. for something to stick and can you, even if you like, even if you, okay, you disagree with Webb not entirely. Is there anyone that likes Assassination Nation enough to just replay it? Like just as some sort of comfort food? <laughs> Who is the freak show? Probably the same ones that 
listen to our episode for the first time, like, oh, cool. Someone's covering Assassination Nation. <laughs> oh, listen to these two idiots hate on something I adore and seek out. Even those people, I can't imagine it's like an annual rewatch. But Easy A, yeah. Wild things for different reasons. But yes, there's there's like there's a fun to it. There's a breeziness to it, even though the people are doing horrible things to each other. Um that's a uh, that's a question I had for you. Um just setting aside assassination nation. That's 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 no good. It's no fun. But and we can't justify any of the uh the sort of if there's any enjoyment to the the actions taken against those scrolls. I I I don't think there is. I don't I don't think it, it passes the De Palma test. Um Easy A and Wild Things are far more comparable as far as the terrible things that these young people put themselves through, these schemes. And in our Easy A episode, you know, that was one thing I brought up. I don't know I don't know if I'm totally on board with the um swift exit from the slut shaming that Emma Stone has by by her her confessional that is the wraparound as she retells the story on this, this, I guess, webcam broadcast. I was a little bit concerned that, that, you know, for people to actually go through this, that even if the story holds up, that it was all false, that like most things, people just buy into the better version of the story, which is Emma Stone fucked a lot of guys. That's what, <laughs> that's what I rem- want to remember going into the high school reunion. Um, so in a strange way, it's like wild things. I guess I should feel guilty because it's the more brazen one as far as like here's denise richards and her her tits out again but i actually feel a little bit worse with easy a and maybe it's because i actually care about emma stone i see her as a real person and i don't see the wild things characters as real people at all so I, on this on that count wild things wins again and it's not just because i mentioned denise richards breasts <laughs> but i am thinking about them <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> But do you feel the same? You know, I, I had never thought about it that way. But yes, I, I agree with you completely that Easy A, these characters feel real. And and the uh, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, oh, the stakes aren't that high. But if this were real life, yes, this is, this is very meaningful. We keep wild things at an arm's length. We forgive it for all its, like, uh, brazen uh, qualities just because, like, that's... That's a movie. And for whatever reason, that's not the case with Easy A. Uh, when you are tackling something that is relevant to uh, people at this specific age group. A protectiveness. Yeah. You feel over the characters. Yep. And Emma Stone's character is extremely confident. They, I don't have any doubt that she puts out that webcam video and she doesn't think about it twice. And she continues kind of her life with, with her uh, new uh, beau. Like I, because she seems like that confident individual, but that's not everybody. That's not everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're saying the, the force of her, her clear movie star personality that she is, she is someone that holds the screen and was going to go on to bigger things. No, 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 no. Does that make us comfortable as she's telling the story since she's telling it like in the past tense and she's taking control of it? Does it make you settle in? Like, okay, it's going to be all right. Like, yeah, all this stuff happens, but ah. she's retelling it with such confidence that, we don't have to be too concerned, and we can enjoy the shenanigans for a little bit. Well, her character throughout... Well, fuck Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> <laughs> her life is a shambles. <laughs> Incredibly. Um, her character in within the movie, like, throughout all the ups and downs, like, especially the downs, she's bummed 
but she's never at a point where I'm like, boy, I am really worried about her, you know? Like, I don't feel like a uh, Dead Poet Society ending coming at any point throughout this film, because I know that the character is strong enough to handle whatever. And also, it goes to show, like, the parents, she has such wonderful parental figures that it, it will never get that way. And so, I don't know, I feel like there's a, a bit of a an emotional safety net when it comes to EZA. I feel okay, but you're right. I, I think uh, it does dismiss it, um, the slut-shaming aspect of it, pretty quickly. And that, that might not be the case. Like, many people are not that confident at that age. But because the movie tries to balance those tones, talk about these heavy discussion topics, and still kind of make it a, a breezy watch, <sighs> you got to end it at some point. So Speaking of endings, you really put Dead Poet Society, strangely, in my head. Uh, I'm trying to talk about threesomes and whatnot, Emma Stone, and uh, <laughs> I don't blame the Robin Williams character, nor I don't think the film is positing that you should for a young man's uh, death. But maybe if he was just a little less enthusiastic with his review, praising this kid, maybe the kid, if he's like, yeah, pretty good job for a first time, or <laughs> maybe the kid wouldn't have thought, this is my calling in life. <laughs> Blaming the teacher. <laughs> if it was a little bit more Larry David, like, yeah, pretty good, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would, I, oh my goodness. That's what we need, the education system, except with more Larry Davids. <laughs> you know, despite the fact that we both are uh, pretty harsh to Assassination Nation, I think it fits in this trilogy really well because it absolutely showcases mm. a different side of sex and lies in a setting that is uh, almost like a Petri dish for both uh, topics. And so Wild Things is, is uh, escapist fun. Easy A is breezy but somewhat relevant. And Assassination Nation is just too real and too extreme at the same time. I, I, I think this trilogy works if you know going in that you're going to feel a gamut of emotions. You're going to be all over the place, but I think you're going to get the ugly and the fun. I thought you were about to say, if you know going in, you're going to hate the third one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You'll be just I'm trying. I'm trying to get, redeem Assassination Nation. I think they all handle truth in interesting ways where wild things seems to posit that the, the the smartest character is the cop that's not in on the shenanigans and she learns enough up to a point before she is just like you know what they they all deserve each other easy a handles it where i'm going to tell you these tall tales but just know i'm the one telling you this so you know in advance this is a lie. You'll never believe I did all of these things because that's the central conceit of this. I'm telling you this in the opening monologue. Assassination Nation, I guess I go back to Bella Thorne's character who gets <laughs> brained Ooh. with a baseball bat. <laughs> that uh, privacy is dead. <laughs> I guess she gets her just desserts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and if you finish this trilogy and you're feeling not so great... Just remember, you can always go back to Denise Richards' breasts because they'll always be there waiting for you. I think she has an OnlyFans now with her daughter. Ugh. <laughs>